0: So hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I'm JQ and today is our first international guest. It's Robin Perkins. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. Good. Thank you. Yeah. you. had a
0: good day so far? Uh,
1: yeah. No, it's been it's been a good day actually. It's been a hot day. Yeah. it's uh, Things actually went right. I had a fun time in my day job.
0: Cool. <laughs> um, so the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast is because we met at Funny Feckers. Uh, in Kentish Town, and when I saw you perform, I thought, you oh, she must be a pro, she's been doing it for ages and ages. And then I was chatting to you off stage, and you said, oh, I've only done 150 gigs. And so you're too good to be done 150 gigs, that kind of uh, blew my mind a little bit. But you just, you've done, at that time, you've done 150, um, and you've got a normal day job. So, how have you managed <laughs> to get that good in such a relatively short space of time?
1: Well, thank you. That's really <laughs> nice of you to say. Um, feel free to pass that statement on to some competition <laughs> judges. Uh, but I I mean, I think doing... I did a course like a lot of people did, oh, which I, I, think, didn't know that. Uh, I think helped a which lot. Which one did you do? Um, I did Chris Head, who's affiliated with Mirth. Right. Um, and so, so that was... Um, I mean, that helped a lot. I also... And unlike other people, I don't have any sort of acting background, yeah. but uh my brother in law once told me that because my dad never listens to me when he watches me try to tell a story, I'm constantly trying to get his attention, ah, and okay. that uh, <laughs> comes out on stage <laughs> but no i um I don't know, it's just I'm very comfortable,
0: I think, yeah,
1: on stage, I
0: it certainly looked at it as as quite annoyed really with myself not being comfortable on stage and watching someone else doing it really well just kind of just oh I know I, I know I kind of want to be that good but it's just waiting for it to happen so did yeah. you just it just happens or did you uh, do stuff to go be like that
1: I mean I think it's there's been a few uh, key moments of that other I mean other comics far more experienced than I've have said things. Um, yeah. One of which was actually at the Fringe after we met, um, but I was involved uh, in Chaggers helping Flyer and trying to get on stage as much as possible. And this yeah. uh, is a gig that typically every night has about 100 to 130 people, That's a maybe. Did crowd? <laughs> yeah, and um, and my reception was variable. Well. I mean, some nights did well, some nights died. Sorry. Yeah. I have to... And um, the guy running it was actually so. Before you can succeed in a room that big, you need to be able to walk into any room that has 20 people in it and know you can own it. And once you go on from there, then you can walk into a room that has 40 people and know you can own it. And I think it's one of those things where you can build up and the more confident you can get um, and the less caring you can get, then the more confidence that comes off Ah, and you're more receptive. So, I mean, at... Wes's gig, it's an amazing gig, I love it um uh, yeah, so it's, it's fun. gone
0: done gone really well, isn't it? It's not yeah. been going that long
1: um but he just he gets the crowds <clears throat> that he gets in are so receptive and nice, but it's one of those things that if you I think have the confidence to not carry their way, then the yeah. crowd really can be receptive um as far as I would say it's just the number of gigs just doing yeah, it just over and fresh. over, and just <laughs> have fun with it. Yeah. I think the two big things actually are just having fun with it and not caring what happens. Because again, one of the things that um, somebody said to me at the fringe in one of the nights that I did not get the best reception at Chaggers, I came off stage and we said, you just looked like you needed the audience. <laughs> you needed them to be yeah. there and you needed them to laugh. And they can sense that so it's one of those things if you don't care you're like you know what I'm doing this for me I'm having fun whatever I this is all about you know me just getting up here and doing my thing then it just comes off better. Nice
0: so how did you actually get before the course did you want to do it or did you perform at school and whatnot what made you want to do it?
1: I just uh, growing up I thought three professions would be the most fun professions, one of which is an FBI agent, (laughs) uh, one is an installation artist, and one is a stand-up comedian.
0: (laughs) Quite broad range of...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I can't run very fast, uh, (laughs) and I'm kind of working in the art world, but um, unlike most people, I mean, it's not something that I knew a lot about going into it. I just always... Yeah, stand up. I just, it was very foreign to me. I wasn't an actress. I didn't perform at school. I can't sing to save my life, despite what I would like (laughs) to be able to do. Um, (laughs) But uh, so I don't have any background in it, and I'm not particularly knowledgeable in the world of stand up. Yeah, Um, I
0: realize that I don't know anything
1: yes not at all and constantly now people ask me what i think of this person or this person and i just have a list of names and every time somebody mentions a name that i embarrassingly should know i write it down and look them up yeah but it's amazing the amount of people i don't know and the amount of stand-up i haven't seen yeah so um it is just something i literally thought looked fun so i thought i'd try it
0: sounds good when did you start doing that
1: uh, so I did a course in 2011, so my first gig was November 21st in 2011.
0: Ah, so you come out to two years. Yes. Nice. And you've done 150 gigs. Let me uh, do some quick. Well, that was
1: before the Fringe, so ah. I packed in about 80 gigs at the Fringe. What? Yes. So
0: you did 80 gigs in a month? Yes. And I've done 25 in three in a bit.
1: Well, I mean, it's a bit different <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I mean, up there I had... Um, was it your I, first fringe? It was my first full run. Ah. Uh, in 2012, I just went up for a week and just did a bunch of open spots. How, but- how,
0: how was that? Because I, I'm i at the point where I've only just learned how to spell Edinburgh properly. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been up there. So what was it like for the, the first time you went
1: up? Uh, it's insane. I think if you're if you're not going up for a full run, it's just an insane party. I think there was about one night that I didn't go to bed before five a.m. <laughs> right. And I, it, I mean, you're just running around getting as many open spots as possible. Is it easy um, or
0: to get the open spots?
1: It depends who you know. I mean, if you're if you're on the open mic scene in London, which yeah. you are, yeah. then it's a lot easier. Right. If somebody was coming over like from the states who didn't know anybody, it'd be pretty hard because. Right. There are so many comics looking for open spots that if you don't know somebody, it's not like anybody's advertising anywhere or you right. can apply. Yeah, um, unless you're quite established. Um, but if you know enough people, then there are things. And people drop out last minute. I mean, really? I was also yeah. I was running and I'm seeing a comp show up there as well, and I heard people cancelling you know half an hour although ironically enough it was never the pros that cancelled oh. um, which is kind of funny um which shows are the people that you'd expect you know jamie and clark to be like no i can't make it but never did so Look, there's a name um, i haven't heard just <laughs> oh he's amazing definitely definitely check him out um but yeah, so it was, and it was also, um, it was a great experience because you have a variety of audiences, you're also gigging at all hours of the night, yeah. um, or day as it turns out, and um, just fitting in, you're just 100% comedy all the time, so it's kind of boot camp, um, and I think the experience is just multiplied if you're doing your own show and doing a full run, I mean, yeah. you, because it is your job when you go out yeah. there, you... So you need to be conscious and with it every day and you need to show up and you have to fire and it's your responsibility to get the audience in. That first
0: week costs a lot of money because this is the thing I'm struggling with where it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to do just a week (laughs) up there.
1: I mean, accommodation is the the biggest thing. If you... I mean, if you... We... So I did... I was involved... I ran two shows, two and a half shows and then I was um, involved with um, a couple... Other ones ish, but um, but I mean, if you're running the shows, then you're obviously getting a bucket as well. And depending uh, okay, on yeah. where you're from or where you're located, it's you can do okay, uh, um, okay. not like it's yeah. not like you're making money <laughs> you didn't by, drive back by, by <laughs> okay. I mean, you can eat off of your bucket or you can like maybe break even, um, which uh, which is nice, um, but accommodation is. You know, I also got a really good deal uh, on accommodation, and I had a friend that was up there, so that helped a bit. But it is if you, you just need to find a place as early as possible. Yeah,
0: start and, looking now.
1: Yeah, and you're probably going to pay two to three hundred pounds for a week per rent. And Jeez, if you can, I mean, depending on what kind of, you can get one for a hundred to two hundred if you want to sleep mm-hmm. on it. So I was far. listening
0: to um, <laughs> Stuart Goldsmith's, Podcast with Tony Law, yes. and oh, he's he said he racked up 35 grand's worth of debt doing Edinburgh shows. Oh, yeah, and he still hasn't paid it off.
1: Well, there, I mean, there are you can do the free fringe or the I mean, the paid fringe, and that's yeah. how you rack. I mean, if you're doing so the two going on at
0: the same time,
1: yes. So if you're doing a paid venue, you're gonna spend 15 grand, it's bonkers, isn't it? It is, and I'm yeah, I could not i no. mean you don't do that <laughs> until you're really well known yeah. and established but the free fringe is a great thing and there's i mean there's two different people that run it but it means that your printing and like administrative costs are probably about 400 pounds where versus 12 15 pounds yeah. yeah, so a bit of a different yeah. <laughs> kind of thing
0: so after the first fringe what was your um when you got back on the circuit again, what was that like? Did you feel it was easier or was it more difficult?
1: Uh, easier. Yeah. I mean, and at that point, I had been going less than a year and I still do learn from every single gig that I go to and I try to look at it and say, yeah. what can I learn from this? But when you're doing that many gigs in that short of amount of time, you can't help but learn. Um, I, yeah, I did this one. So again, I used to... I don't know what some of my material you've seen, but um, <laughs> I, I used to be quite uh, dirty. I still uh-huh. am. I, I wrapped up a good six minutes of clean material, which yeah. I realize uh, in 20 years from now, I'm going to look back and be <laughs> like, you were still filthy. Uh, but uh, but at that point in time, all I had was like sex material, yeah. like various levels of sex material. Uh, and I remember one of my very early gigs being quite nervous that all i had was sex material and uh this comedian um looked at me and she was like i have seen people sell material that shouldn't work to people that it shouldn't work on but if you know in your heart that it's funny then that will come across and you'll make people laugh and i remember i was at a gig it was about two o'clock in the afternoon and i don't know if you know ben adams um, i just write that name down. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, another comic that has very little clean material. Uh, and the two of us sat there, and we're at the gig, and all of a sudden, this carer brought in about uh, twenty-five elderly people. Right. Now, the two of us just looked at each other, and I was going on second or third, and he was following me, and we were like, well we have two options here we could try to scrape together five minutes of the cleanest <laughs> material we could come up to or just balls of the wall let's just do it so we're like let's just do it and uh and so i went out there the gig wasn't going particularly well before i got on stage but i went in and i started off with like a minute and a half about my light up vagina um <laughs> they're a bit shocked and uh and then about, like, I just kind of, after that, just looked at him was like, look, guys, I got another seven minutes of this shit. Strap <laughs> on in. And it was this moment where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to back down. Like, this is my material. Yeah. And... I could tell you, there's nothing quite like looking an eighty-five year old man <laughs> in the eye and saying, "I'd fuck you sober." <laughs> but uh, but then he cracked and he just started <laughs> he laughing, and it was just, it was that. I mean, it's probably my favorite gig that I've ever done in my life. Yeah. But just knowing, like, that anybody can laugh at anything <laughs> if you if you know that yeah. it's
0: fine. I did a charity gig on the weekend and I was outside London and all these elderly people started coming in. I thought, I'll be fine because all my stuff's clean. But of course it's clean, but references pop culture. So just just didn't get Star Wars for a start, which I thought was a bit weird. And they didn't get my inception joke, which is disappointing as well. How have you found the open mic circuit being a foreigner, as it were? Do you think you get it easier? Because I've always found people with an accent I, I personally find them funnier because they're not they're from somewhere different. So <clears throat> yeah. they've automatically got different points of references for me to find funny if they sort of talk about yeah stuff from a different point of view. Do you find that or do you just write stuff that's just, anyone can say it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of both. <clears throat> I moved over here in 2008 and didn't start stand-up until 2011, or yeah. the end of 2011. So I was here quite for over three years. Um... And I find it goes either way. I mean, I do have a different outlook, but I also have this thing where I feel like I need to address it at the start of my set um, in one way or another. And I've I've stopped, or I'm trying to stop apologizing for it, because yeah. I used to just say, you know, I'm sorry, I know. Uh, which is frustrating, but I honestly, if you we didn't realize that literally a lot of Brits really don't like Americans. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like a Marmite thing. They either love us or hate us. Um, I think the issue is when you get into doing gigs in places. Um, it's gonna be it, it, some places around Essex a bit. Like there, there half I, of Essex I have no insulting love about me. Essex. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love. Like there are bits in Essex that I absolutely love gigging in, and they just like they get me better than others. Yeah. And then there are areas that somebody just looked at me and was like, <clears throat> Sheldon, you're Sheldon, like that was their only experience with
0: right, okay.
1: my accent. And it's so distracting to the point where you, it actually affects them listening <laughs> to your material.
0: That's a bit weird.
1: Uh, yeah, it was, but, um I mean, for the most part, it's, I think it goes either way. What um, Parts of
0: Essex was that, because that's where I live.
1: Um, it was, I think it was actually Basildon. Basildon, right. Yeah, so... I've
0: I've written some jokes about Basildon and Jurassic Park, but I haven't actually (laughs) tried them out yet.
1: (laughs) I'd love to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I think the advantage when I... Because I've gigged a few times in the States, and so when I go back to the States, Ah, it's kind of like more of a novelty, actually. They're like, oh, there's a girl from London. Right. So I have gotten into a few places where I didn't... Think that I was going to get in, <laughs> uh, which is great. I nice. mean, and I've done well, and I do, again, have an advantage of, um, I have the foreign, like, appeal, Yeah. but I'm American, so I know certain words they're not going to know. Yeah. And I know, like, certain references they're just not going to get because they don't know it. Yeah. Um, and so I at least know enough that I have to, like, I'll change the wording of my set so there won't be people just looking at you going, uh. I don't understand what pulling is. I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah
0: do you think people over here know more americanisms than the americans know yes. englishisms absolutely that makes
1: sense. absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean we don't use them in or yeah no absolutely <laughs> because <laughs> well american movies yeah. are i think just more people watch american movies over here than people in the states watching british yeah yeah i mean take for example the word shag only came over because of austin powers really? you know oh yeah it, it's like little things like that and when i go home i mean i because i've been here for five years when i go home and i use words like reckon and people are like what are you from the 18th century <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah um it definitely is a bit one-sided
0: cool so how was uh, this year's fringe
1: it was, it was amazing. It was
0: a full, proper... Was it six, seven weeks or something like that? Uh, no, it's uh,
1: three and a half. So three and a half, right. Yeah, the first to the 25th or 26th or something. Um, it was amazing. It was definitely... I, I mean, I had... I was trying to be... I had one goal. That was to be a better comic, which yep. I feel I have. Good. Um, so I had two shows, really, that were mine. Um, one of which... So I run... I emceed a gig up there, which was kind of off the back of Laugh Train Home in Clapham Junction, ah. so that I was emceeing every day. And a challenge, the venue was in between a brothel and a courthouse down a dark alley. Nice. Yeah, so that's <laughs> lovely, trying to fly our people down there. Uh, but the the show that I really um, was special, I did a two-hander with Dave Chawner. Um, And it was uh, a different type of stand-up. So the show is called Over It, Death, Anorexia, and Other Funny Things. Um, So it was more of a storytelling, I think, really. Uh, It was quite funny, um, but it was basically um, each of us were talking about life experiences. Was was it
0: like a double act or two? Uh, No, two
1: separate. Half, so we each had half an hour, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and I was just talking about my experience, uh, with bereavement, um, but in In a funny way, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. um, which was uh, interesting and challenging, but great.
0: How was it writing half an hour's worth of material for just a show?
1: Yeah, it was easier than I thought it was going to be, um, but I think. For me, because it was a story, and it was a story from start to finish, that it actually came out, I basically from day one, we decided in December that we were gonna do it. Um, when, you know, finding like a fringe partner, it's kind of like, um, asking somebody to prom. <laughs> Cause like, you want to like, you want to punch above your weight a little bit, but like you can't go too far. Cause then they're just going to say no. And I remember the day that I called him and I was like, Hey, I don't, um, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're going to the fringe or if you're, you're probably already going with somebody, but do you want to like, do you want to go? Um, but so we decided to do a show together and then both really we passionate about the subjects and yeah. so the show really evolved and even what it was um you know at the end of july is totally different what it was at the end of august which is fantastic yeah. um but yeah because mine was a story from start to finish it was like just evolving the story tweaking how i felt about certain things yeah. and then also making certain elements work in funny (laughs)
0: really was it easy to because how how long were you doing just fives for before you started making it or getting longer gigs i see
1: well i at the end of the course i had seven like i felt i had a strong seven but you you
0: just you had exactly that and you just you did you stick to it
1: i just stuck to it and and that is actually something (laughs) that um a debate and it's quite when I go back in Boston because the circuit's a lot smaller people turn through material a lot faster and I held on to my seven minutes which kind of grew a bit into you know up into a 10 but it was the same thing for a while and you know felt like needed I needed to write more um But the material itself changes so much that I feel like you're doing a disservice to your material if you let go of it too soon. Because every time you perform it, you're performing it a bit different and it gets better and you tweak one word that all of a sudden that whole punchline works a lot better. And so I feel like when people throw away material too much because they feel like they need to write more, then you're not taking... They're bringing your material to the full potential.
0: Yeah, I was watching an episode of Seinfeld and he'd done, a couple of years ago... Um, the comedy store in London when he's doing his O2 gigs and he did a joke about going out you're just sitting in another chair it was a really good five minutes on this and then i watched watching the first episode of Seinfeld and he's doing exactly the same bit but uh-huh. not as good yeah so he, he's taken 20 years to write that down to something that works really well
1: yeah do you think you'll be
0: using your material in 20 years
1: <laughs> <laughs> um no, well, yes and no. I mean, there are a couple bits that I that I love. Yeah. Um, that I, I'm not sure. Um, that are definitely have evolved. I don't think it'll be the same. Again, I am trying to be cleaner as well, <laughs> so I'm letting go of the dirtier stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there are definitely opportunities where the dirtier stuff still works.
0: Yeah. Um, have you done the jam tree and? In- yes the corner.
1: yes I have.
0: they like dirty material
1: yeah i <laughs> they, i um, they didn't like
0: my clean stuff <laughs>
1: <laughs> i actually went in there um the night the first night i did it i um won my heat which was great but i kind of went in there on one route and then kind of noticed that and just changed it, it was ah. like let's talk about <laughs> sperm and then it went a lot better so <laughs> so you're yeah. able to sort
0: of just change mid set
1: yeah. yeah, I think, yes, now, um, yeah.
0: How do you, um, so say you've written a minute's worth of material, how would you remember that? Because I'm really struggling at the moment with just, I can remember the keywords, so tonight I've got like five keywords I need to remember. Mm-hmm. I can remember those, but then to actually remember exactly what to say and put the bits in the right order, it just, I get on stage it just goes, just floats away. Uh, are you just naturally able to
1: (laughs) well yes and no I mean because last night I changed two lines in this rap that I do and I knew them going on stage and totally slowed down and I don't think anybody noticed but to me I was like oh that was not fluent right Um, I do when I write I will have like an idea I'm sure everybody does this has little notes in their phone has a notepad of initial ideas and then I'll start to flush it out um Another, not to put, this is another little name, <laughs> I don't know if you know him, great. Um, but he once told me, like, I break down all, everything I write into single lines. Yeah. And before every one, I put either an S or a P. So it's either a setup or a punchline. And it's kind of like, you shouldn't have more than two setups without a punchline. Yeah. Just, um, and I think when I actually break that down, that helps me memorize it more. Um.
0: So do you, when you write stuff, do you write it exactly how you're going to say it? Or you just have an idea and then you go on stage and just riff it out?
1: No, I write it exactly how I'm going to yeah. say it. Um, inherently, I get on stage and then it changes. But I'll write it down word for word as if that's how I'm going to say it. Then I get on stage and start changing yeah. it. But again, because every time I do it, it evolves more and more. Again, inherently, I, nothing I have written down that I actually perform is the way I perform it. But you'll look at... Some of my stuff that I've been doing for a while and I will do it the exact... Every word is the same. Yeah. It's not written down anymore.
0: <laughs> do you ever rehearse your stuff at home? Did you just walk around saying it out loud?
1: Um, yes. Ah. <laughs> but I usually do it to my sister and my mom yep. on the phone ah, okay. is really what I do <laughs> uh, because I try... Uh, and especially with the Fringe show, that was quite hard because it was, first of all, half an hour. I mean, doing one minute in the shower is one thing. Doing yep. a half an hour is a big commitment. Um, and it was also stuff that I couldn't test at all. Um, and I don't know, the I'm not sure the time that you saw me at Funny Feckers, I did do the first eight minutes of my Fringe show. Um, um, okay. But which is the only stuff I could do basically it's a story about my relationship history. Uh, and then the guy dies, but of course you can't do that in a <laughs> five minute set be like, let's talk about my new boyfriend. Uh, but, um, so I do, but usually yeah, I call my mom and my sister. And are they I'm quite like, receptive? Yes, they are.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> so I, I, I was, me my wife walking down to pick my daughter up from school. So I said, right, I'm going to do my five minutes just so I could just say it, physically yeah. say it. So she just, Walking along, just sort of stony-faced. So I just gotta remember she's not gonna laugh because she's heard most of it before.
1: Right. Well, my sister sometimes because of the time difference, often she'll be at work. Uh, so uh. I'll call her, and um, and I'll be walking, and she's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna put the phone down," and she literally put the phone down at the desk. But there's something about having a phone and yeah. talking into it that makes you. It's just that added pressure of somebody listening because I feel like if I'm doing it on my own, yeah, you don't have that. Ooh, there's
0: a cat, I'm just gonna look at that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: you don't have that. Yeah, exactly, or if you kind of mess up or you do it in your head, which always goes perfectly smoothly oh, so when I'm, you do it in your head. When
0: I go to sleep at night, I'll start running through my sets. I'll pretend that I'm on stage and everyone's laughing amazingly. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll actually come up with ad-libs and I'll get my phone out and quickly write them down mm-hmm. while my wife, trying to go to sleep so the room lights (laughs) up the phone going off which she loves um do you use do you use a notepad or do you use your phone for writing stuff
1: both yeah so yeah yeah both because there's also i mean sometimes a friend of mine just showed me like a bubble thing as well so sometimes if you get an idea but you don't necessarily know where it goes like a spider diagram spider diagrams which i find are also quite helpful for coming up with ideas but yeah, both of them. Because I do that as well. I'll dream about something. Just kind of like writing material when you're drunk as well. Yeah. It's always better in your head beforehand. Everyone's in your head. And then you wake up head, the yeah. next morning you're like, what the hell was I thinking?
0: Yeah. Have you had any really terrible experiences yet? Apart from the normal dying. Has there been anything worse than...
1: Uh... One, actually, Edinburgh last year, worst gig of my life. Um, and I was doing a design project up there. And so the engineer that was working on it actually came. And he was in the audience. And I literally did about two minutes and started something and just looked at them and said, actually, I'm just going to go. And just walked off stage. That was pretty <laughs> bad. Uh, one was actually in Sully Hill at which, I mean, that was bad because it was um, right when Boston, which is where I'm from, was on lockdown. Ah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and one of the comedians started doing Boston material on it. Ooh. And I was like, that's just not okay. Uh, but I think the the kind of humorous death that I recently <laughs> had, <laughs> uh, like I never drink before going go on stage um, for a very good reason. Um, and I was at the Fringe and on like a Friday and a Saturday night, there was shaggers at 1130 and then the show shit of the fringe at one o'clock in the morning right and it's basically the idea behind shit of the fringe is that comedians with bad reviews that are good comedians and the guys running it one the last saturday of the fringe uh were like we're gonna go out drinking so dave who i was doing my show with um they gave it to him to mc they were like right we're gonna have the first two guys on and robin you're gonna go on third and we're gonna go to the bar and get this right. so you can close <laughs> up the night now, this is one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night in like the booziest courtyard in the fringe. Yeah. Uh, first guy goes on, you know, gets heckled. Very great, you know, heckle responses, but they just aren't interested at all. Right. The second guy goes on, who's cunt in the gang. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> no. um, great guy, actually, from Essex. Uh, but he basically he does songs. Um, with he calls himself a minor internet hit song singer, but feature songs like Shaven Haven, uh, which (laughs) really warm to you when you listen to them a lot. Uh, But anyway, he goes on and performs a few songs. Now, if you're performing songs like you know i sucked off a bloke and i didn't like it um <laughs> <laughs> like the crowd that you're getting at 1 30 in the morning that's like that's kind of their ideal entertainment yeah. and some girl was heckling him and he just kind of looked at him and was like look love it is the last saturday night at the fringe it is 1 30 in the morning and none of the acts are getting paid if you think this shit's gonna get any funnier <laughs> you got another thing coming and so i follow this Now, at this point in time, I didn't know that I was going on stage, uh, so I'd already had two and a half beers, right? And now I'm not making any good choices at this (laughs) point in time, so I keep drinking. And I go up on stage, and I was like, guys, uh, I'm going to be honest never drink before I got on stage and I've already had three beers and everyone's like yay and then I took a full pint and I downed it in about five seconds and that said four beers <laughs> and everyone went yay and then the cake just died
0: <laughs> you reached your peak oh
1: my god it basically like I, I did a couple stories the first one because a friend luckily videoed it so I got to watch that <laughs> shit again uh yeah the first bit just slurring so nobody could understand the punchlines the second one actually went well nice. like it was fine and then Then I decided that I was really getting drunk and I just needed to do one more story and get off stage. And uh, I started into the story, but, you know, you're obviously on autopilot when you're drunk. You're not thinking about it. So I started one story, but it kind of morphed into the story I had already told. (laughs) And then at that point I was like, I just got to (laughs) go. Yeah, that was uh, a pretty bad death.
0: (laughs) I had a bit of a faux pas at the Angel, the Camden Hidden Angel last week. Have you ever walked on when someone else's name has been called up? No, I've no, never I done did that. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, so I got there early, signed in, chatting to the guys. It's all fine. He said, "You're going on fourth, No, you're going on fifth in the first half. I said, "Great." Went and found my friends, came back upstairs. The third guy was on stage. He came off. So as he was coming off, I went and stood, you know, just around the corner the other comedian so there's only me on next and the guy who's finishing off um nick dixon and it was just us two the mc comes up to me while the the, uh, the third guy's on and said oh is do you, do you pronounce your name McHugh?" i said no it's jq He's like, oh, okay fine The guy comes off stage the mc gets on and he says oh, okay welcome to stage phil McHugh." I said, like, oh, all right. So I, tried, I just walked on, because I'd literally just <laughs> been talking to him. And I said, what's going on here? 30 seconds ago, he's just getting my name in. Like, so I did my stuff, didn't do very well. Came off station, the guy goes, no, you, you're on fourth in the second half. I was like, but you said, said now I've put the board up over there. So he changed it after I'd gone. Uh, the guy's name was McHugh. I'd just spoken to the well, MC. That upset so about I was it. just like, oh, God nah that was uh yeah that was that was the last gig i think yeah so tonight's gonna i'm trying to wash away the demons of that <laughs> with tonight and make sure that I come with the right name
1: uh, no that is you just gotta keep no i'm sure you'll be fine well they do it all random at the cavendish mm. anyway but um
0: i'm not sure if that's good or not oh i hate it <laughs> yeah yeah i randomly got picked second once
1: Mm-hmm. But I mean, every, I would recommend that gig as like a first gig for anybody though. Mm-hmm. I think they're just, the way they set it up is brilliant. Um, but if somebody wants told me, no matter how good or how bad your gig is, you have until the next morning to either wallow yeah. in the greatness or the badness <laughs> that it was yep. and then just let it go. Yeah. I think
0: it was Sarah Milligan on a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how, where do you see yourself in sort of two or three years time? Are you going to? quit your job and go (laughs) full-time
1: uh i would love to yeah i would absolutely love to um i mean right now i can't i don't have enough time to do everything i want to do i'm kind of either gigging all the time or writing yeah um and i would love to do it full-time and i'd love to actually focus on it but i mean i'm still so new so I don't know if I'll be there in another two years. I hope so. I'm sure I, he I, will. good would, enough to be. So. <laughs> I would absolutely, I would absolutely love to be.
0: Have you been asked to do anything yet? Because no one's asked me to do anything yet. That's what I'm waiting That's my next <laughs> goal is someone to say, oh, do you want to do this?
1: Um Yes. Yeah, yeah, I have. Right,
0: so you beat me so far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have years and yeah. <laughs> over what, like one hundred and seventy-five gigs over you. Yeah, so you'll get bad. there.
0: <laughs> when what's um, how many gigs have you got booked in now? Do you think?
1: Oh, I don't. I have gigs booked out past May really, year, but no, I mean not a lot because yeah. um, it kind of you know it. But yeah, I think May is probably the furthest out. But oh. um, I don't know, probably about. 40 in total. I um, need to have
0: my game on the gigging, booking thing. But it's... I haven't heard back from the angel yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, it's... Well, you, you'll you get there, though. Because, yeah. I mean, when... the I mean, I'm sure there are people that have gigs booked out way further than me and way a lot more as yeah. well. You know, people are like, I have three nights free in December. <laughs> and you're like, that's... I have three nights free this week, thanks. <laughs> um, but... I mean, the more you do, the more you'll get to know and... Yep.
0: Yeah. You, think you know a lot of people?
1: Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Is, I think on the open mic scene, yeah. yeah, I think. Is it
0: difficult to keep track of knowing all these different people?
1: Usually, no, no. Although last night, some guy came up to me and was like... And I tried to write his name down and he was like, Hey, Robin! And then he said his name and I was like,
0: Hey, <laughs> you! <laughs> Just yeah. Take your picture right there. I am so
1: bad with names, so bad. Uh, so that does happen. I mean, I think it's um, being both American and female. Like I probably stand out more yeah. than other people. Not in like a good way. Probably an annoying way. Yeah. Uh, because of my accent.
0: <laughs> so we better wrap it up there. Okay. It's been absolute pleasure having you on. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you got any gigs you want to plug?
1: yeah i would love to um i run a gang in clapham junction called laugh train home and train it home. is on the second wednesday of the month and in october 9th we have bobby mayor on Ooh, as well so, just write that name down yeah <laughs> but yeah definitely come down
0: cool well thanks for that
1: uh, thank you so much for having me awesome. my first podcast <laughs> it's very see exciting. you